0: Welcome to another episode of the Destination Begin podcast. I'm your host, Kristen Smith. And on today's episode, I'm just going to recap my holidays for you a little bit. And then we're going to talk about the newbies that we're all going to encounter at the gym this January. Believe it or not, if you're a gym rat or a trainer, you can have a huge impact on the lives of these newbies that are taking your treadmill and stealing your squat rack. And if you're one of those gym newbies just starting out, I hope that the stories of the people that impacted my life and my fitness journey forever will also inspire you. Hi, friends. Happy New Year. This is my first podcast of the new year. Very exciting. I hope everyone's ringing in their new year on top. I hope you're slaying it. I hope you're energized and refreshed. I am not. I'm just gonna level with you. New Year's Day being on a Wednesday was a cruel and terrible joke because I I still can't get my brain to line up with everything. It it's like Monday and Tuesday I was super unmotivated because there was a holiday coming and we'd just come back from a holiday. And then Wednesday happened and then it was Thursday Monday and I was like, all right, new week, and then, but no, it's a just a Thursday, and I don't know. Talk about really messing with your brain. That's what this week did to me, and so I'm really, I feel like I'm standing on one leg and just trying to hop around, but I'm really excited because Monday is coming up, and I've never looked forward to a real live Monday as much as this coming Monday because it's not going to be fake Thursday Monday. It's going to be Monday Monday. So, I hope everyone had a great holiday. I know that I did. I got to travel out to Oregon and I've never been to Oregon before. I've never really been to the Pacific Northwest. I've been to Point Reyes, California. That's as Pacific Northwesty as I've gotten. But I got to fly out and spend some time just outside of Portland with my boyfriend and his family, and I got to see the coast and some beautiful mountains and there's like a legit mountain there like we were driving kind of in like a mountain range I think you'd call it or something I don't know we don't have mountains in Minnesota and I don't know geography I was homeschooled but we were driving back towards Portland and I was talking about something in the car and all of a sudden I'm like (gasps) there's a mountain over there. There was a legit mountain with snow on top and it was Mount Hood and you could just see it. It was just right there across town. Just a mountain just sitting there and I'm like how cool would it be to live in a place where you just look out your window and there's a mountain. I I don't know it blew me away. I've been to the mountains before and so I've seen mountains but for some reason Mount Hood was just kind of like hanging out by itself like what up I'm the mountain and it was magical and it doesn't take much to thrill me, but that was my, one of my favorite moments was looking up and just boom, there's Mountain Hood. Hi. It just seemed so, I don't know, proud of itself. It was really cool. Um, and on Christmas day, there was six people at Christmas. It was my boyfriend and his parents and his six-year-old daughter who came with us and um, his brother. And I'd never met any of them before, except obviously my boyfriend and and his daughter and I traveled together. So I've met them. But there was six of us. And on Christmas Day, we divided into teams of two. And we had gingerbread house making quote unquote competition. We didn't have prizes and we didn't declare a winner because they were all so cool. But I've never made a gingerbread house before. And it was such a fun family activity. I highly recommend it for family gatherings around the holidays because it had everyone talking, had everyone working together, we made a big old mess. Um, but it was it was fun and I had never met um, Randy's brother before and we were teamed up and he is an engineer. And let me tell you, it's very helpful to have an engineer on your gingerbread house making team. So um, my boyfriend Randy is also an engineer and he was teamed up with his dad, who is um, not an engineer by trade, but engineering. And then the other team was um, Randy's six year old daughter and his mom. And even though there was an engineer on two teams, I think the grandma and granddaughter combo actually worked best because they just had a sense of whimsical fun and didn't take it quite as seriously. So their gingerbread house was a little more gingerbread housey. But regardless, it was really fun. The coolest thing ever though, Randy's brother Mike um, is an engineer and he built a um, sawmill in his pole barn out, like this pole barn, pole barn sounds so crappy of a term compared to what this building is, it's amazing, he, magnificent in structure on his property and so he built this sawmill with like motorcycle engines and exhausts and on train tracks and it's so cool but it was not half as cool as the welcome mat that he made out of the leftover green fondant to put in front of the door of our gingerbread house because I said it'd be fun to have a welcome mat and he was like okay and he used a toothpick and he made the word welcome on the fondant and it went in front of our gingerbread house and I have never been so delighted at anything. So, um, he may take pride in his giant homemade sawmill, but it, it really doesn't compare to the welcome met. So, that was a really fun, fun activity. And especially when you're meeting family for the first time and you don't know each other, it was just a really great activity and we all had a lot of fun. So, I hope that that's a tradition now at Christmas for me, wherever I am and whomever I'm with. Um, my family or his family I want to make sure that it it is a new tradition because it was fun so give that a whirl next year um also it's really fun to just like eat the shingles the next day so the holidays were really great and um when we got to Oregon Randy's mom is an amazing cook and she can bake like a boss and Randy can bake like a boss and so the word popover was mentioned and Randy and I, we both eat pretty clean and we work out a lot. And so we kind of looked at each other like, are, are we going to do it? Are we going to go all in and eat things we normally don't eat at Christmas? And then I was like, yes, we are. Because when you eat things that are not perfectly clean and healthy, you want it to count. And your mom's homemade popovers at Christmas is that's when you do it. And so I said, yeah, you know, I'll eat a popover. I was kind of not interested because I've gone out to lunch before with coworkers to these restaurants that have popovers and they order them and they have this like eye rolling, tongue lolling, gaspy experience with these delicious popovers. And I have one and I'm like, eh, it's just like a fraudulent muffin. It's looks like a muffin, but then you open it and it's empty. It's like hollow. It's like it has no soul. I don't understand why people like them cuz I don't know. I don't get it. But then I had a homemade popover by Vaughn Hershberger and my world changed, you guys. They they were so good they it was like a muffin and a donut met and like had a baby and that baby was called Popover. I don't know it was just so good and then there was homemade strawberry jam it was ridiculous Randy had, had like nine of them and that was ridiculous but um I think I might have had close to that many <laughs> they were so good and so It was really fun to have some delicious once a year food over the holiday. That is the way to do it. If you're ever going to indulge, make it count. And then resolve that if you do decide to indulge, that you're not going to look back and regret it and be like, I shouldn't have had that. No. If you're going to eat it, love it in the moment and love it in your memory. And otherwise, don't bother. You know? Don't bother. So, holidays were great and got home and like I said, tried to get back in routine, but it's just been a struggle bus. So I'm excited for the new week so that I truly can have a real Monday Monday. can trace the beginning of my weight loss journey to one moment in time. And I've told this story many times, but it never ceases to have an emotional impact on me. And I want to share it because this time of year, there's a lot of dialogue about how the gyms are crowded with January New Year's resolutioners. And it's so annoying because you can't get the cardio equipment you want or classes are full. And you know what? That's shameful because everybody starts somewhere. And yeah, there's a lot of people who start in January and don't get past January, but there are a lot of people who do. And the people that don't, you know, you could have an impact on whether they stick to it or not simply by how you treat them and how you approach them. And if you're a gym rat and being in the gym is just part of your life and you've hit most of your fitness goals and you look really great. Just remember, you're intimidating to people (laughs) that are just walking in to the gym. And so, this time of year, it's really important to take a moment to think about where you started. And if you need to start, to really think about what will make a difference for you to keep going. So, when people ask me, What was the thing that got you to start on your weight loss journey? I tell the story of the day, the moment that things changed for me. I can trace everything back to this moment. And it was in 2004. I was at my heaviest and I was a student. I was a a wife and a mom and I was a full-time student in the accounting program. And my whole goal in life was to hide. And I wore really baggy clothes and I ate my meals in secret in my car off campus. I was just really struggling to not be seen because I was ginormous. I had no self-confidence and I was just going to school, trying to get good grades, take care of my family. And that was really all I needed to do at that time. I was very defeated and I mean, very sad. And so I walked into my Intermediate Accounting two class. And one of my classmates, Shannon, looked up, saw me, and said, oh, wow, your outfit's really cute. And it startled me. And I said, thank you. And I walked to my seat and sat down. And I may as well have not been in that class because the entire hour I scanned myself from toe to skirt to shirt to face and back down again, trying to figure out what it was that she saw, because I was wearing brown loafer shoes, no socks. I was wearing a really long baggy brown skirt that was just a skirt that fit me. That was my only criteria for clothes shopping. And I was wearing a brown striped loose flowing shirt that covered me and it had like a suede cord around the neck, kind of like a lace-up peasant-type shirt. I, I remember this outfit so clearly. And it, it wasn't cute. <laughs> it was maybe coordinated, but I mean, it wasn't cute. But it just stopped me in my tracks. And I, at the time, didn't really understand what was going on. But all I knew was that I liked it. And when I went home, got up for school the next day, went to get dressed, looked at my closet, I stopped and remembered that compliment from Shannon. And I put a little more thought into my outfit thinking, very transparently, I want another compliment. wonder what I could wear that Shannon would notice. And so I don't remember what I wore that second day, but I took time to put my clothes together. And that's something that I didn't do at that weight. I was just my hair was just permed and hanging straight. I didn't wear makeup. Um I shopped at Sears for elastic waist denim pants because they had 4 and 5X. Just big shirts I got at Walmart. I was probably a size 30 32. They didn't sell those sizes in most stores and I just didn't care. I just wanted clothes that wouldn't get stuck in between my fat rolls. That was really my goal. And so, went to school, walked into class, Shannon looked up, "Oh, hi, Kristen, you look great." And inside, I was like, "Yeah." I was so excited. It lit me up. It was like a new drug. And from that moment on, nothing changed overnight, but from that moment on, I started to take time On how I looked. I started to do my hair. I started to wear makeup. And I started shopping a little bit more for clothes that were a little bit maybe more appropriate for a business student in college. And that interaction and that compliment changed my life. And I want to stop right here and qualify uh, some of the things that I say. I refer to my weight loss journey and my fitness journey As life-changing. And I just want to clarify that I understand that a number on a scale and a fitness level does not define anyone, nor does it give anyone value or merit. And you can do anything and achieve all of your goals and dreams, no matter how much you weigh, no matter how fit you are. But for me, the burden of weight on my body made it absolutely impossible for me to know myself To express myself, to think outside of the cavernous pit of fat that I was living under. And so, for me, these events, these people, these things that got me on my weight loss journey and helped me along the way, that changed my life. That was the key for me. I couldn't have dreamed, I couldn't have achieved because. The shame blanket of the weight that I carried was so heavy and it was all consuming. There was so much mental noise around the work that it took to not be seen. Of course I was seen, but to mitigate it as much as possible. Arriving at class very early so I could get into my chair. In in college, they had those chairs with the the attached desk portion. And getting in was tough. And so I didn't want anyone to see me struggle with that. So I would arrive early and slide into that seat so that I was just there. That took planning. That took effort. Anyone who's been morbidly obese or just very overweight understands the pulling of the shirt out from between the fat layers, kind of fluffing it out, just making sure that everything is kind of smoothly covered. I don't know how many times a day I did that. I didn't notice that I did it until I realized years later that I didn't need to do it anymore. But there was a lot of time and effort put into simply bearing the existence. And so while while I understand that weight does not define a person for me, it completely and totally stifled me. And I had no way of expressing myself or imagining anything else for my life because of it. So I just want to qualify that um the internet is kind of a crazy place and fat shaming is something that people throw around a lot and I've been called a fat shamer and I just want to say one billion percent the reason I'm in this space is to try to lift the blanket of shame off of as many people as possible because when that blanket of shame is off of you you can start to radiate who you are you can shine you can be who you are are. That shame blanket completely and totally stifles and covers up the effectiveness of your beautiful soul. And so I'm not putting a shame blanket on anyone. I want to pull it off. I want to say to you, you can do anything. You can get out of this. You can get unstuck. It may take time, but you can start and you can do it. So that is why I'm here. And for me, my journey to actual Accomplishing things that I never dreamed of started with Shannon in intermediate accounting, too, and that compliment on my outfit. And she probably paid 25 compliments that day. She's just a sunshiny, beautiful ray of happy, complimentary blessing. She's a beautiful soul. I doubt she thought twice about that compliment. I don't think she planned it. I'm sure it was completely sincere. And she had no way of knowing that she was changing my life. So think about that as you're seeing people attempting to change their lives and maybe taking that brave first step into your gym. That's hard. That's so hard. I I will never forget the first few times I walked into a conventional big box gym, being the biggest person there, surrounded by fit people just feeling like a fraud, like I don't belong there. And the person who changed that for me was my very first personal trainer, Jimmy. I sat down for a consultation with him, just, again, pulling my shirt out from between my fat rolls. I was about 300 pounds at that time, so I'd lost some weight, um, but I hadn't really worked out consistently in a gym. I'd worked out in my living room with videos and DVDs, which was great, And I signed up for some personal training sessions with him so I could learn how to use equipment. And he took me to the back corner where all the bros are bro lifting and the squat racks and, you know, like the sweaty buff guy area. And it was so intimidating to me. But he walked in there like a boss. He's a trainer. This is where he works and I am his client. And so, yes, we were taking that squat rack and he loaded it up. He taught me how to lift He basically expected out of me what he expected out of all of his clients and made me feel like I belong there. And yeah, I was 300 pounds, but guess what? Mass moves mass. And so I was strong and I could lift. And he made me feel capable and strong. He complimented my efforts in a way that felt genuine, that buoyed me, and that made me feel like I could do this. And that gym was just as much mine as everyone else's there was something about the way that he interacted with me that was perfect um, because it's intimidating as heck. Um, As a trainer, you do body fat analysis and you use fat calipers to measure body fat and um, tape measures. And he just had a way about doing those things that were uncomfortable for me. I was clearly very overweight. But just made me feel like it was all okay and that he understood. And he has just a, so much compassion and so much support. And he introduced me to one of his other clients who was on a weight loss journey because he knew that our backgrounds were a little similar. And so Holly and I started buddy training together. So we would he would do a training session with us two at the same time, which bless his heart. I don't know how he had patience for us. Um, because we would yammer on and get distracted and have fun. And so I started meeting her every morning for cardio. And we would chat and talk about everything on the ARC trainer and every morning talk about our lives. We were going through some similar things and we became workout buddies. And so through Jimmy, I learned that I could lift weights and I could work out and I belonged in a gym. And he introduced me to my first workout buddy, which – I postulate having a workout buddy is incredibly powerful. So if you see at your gym in January somebody that is showing up, say hello. Offer to buddy up with them. Be their workout buddy. If you see them at the same time every day, ask them if they're coming back tomorrow and chat them up. The accountability and the camaraderie that you can have in the gym with people is – it can really be an amazing community feeling. And maybe you don't feel like working out, but you want to see your friends. And so you get up and go. And that was what Jimmy gave to me with the gift of Holly. And she's still my bestie now, even closer than that. So Jimmy was such a pivotal influencer in my fitness journey. And he was my trainer when I had weight loss surgery. And so He was able to modify workouts and help me work out while I was eating very little after weight loss surgery, and he cheered me on as I started running and helped me with running plans and my first marathon, and he was just an incredible motivator for me. After a few years of working out in the gym like that, I wanted to try CrossFit because I had friends who did CrossFit, and I wanted to change it up, and I was, you know, had lost a lot of weight and I was feeling a lot more confident and that I wanted to up my game. And so I went to the local CrossFit with a Groupon and that's where I met Seth. He's a gym owner and he ran the components program at that CrossFit gym. And another example of a trainer that you almost can't describe what it is about them that makes them so special. It's an an intrinsic thing But everyone who has worked out with Seth and knows Seth will say the same thing, that he made me feel like an athlete. He would motivate us to pick up heavier weights by – he'd walk by and see how much weight was on our barbell and just look at you like, really? That's all? You can do heavier than that. And it just made you think, oh, okay. You think I can do heavier? Maybe I can. And then sure enough, I could. And – He built a rural community around the 5 a.m. group of women that showed up um, every day. There was a bunch of us moms. And we started a fun little thing on Wednesdays. I had gotten a shirt that says, On Wednesdays we wear pink from the movie Mean Girls, which is my favorite movie. And we started wearing these on Wednesdays. And one day we came in. I think there was five or six of us that had this shirt. We came in, we're waiting, we're wondering where Seth is for our workout, and out he came in a pink on Wednesdays. We wear pink shirt to match, and it was one of the best moments ever, and he just made himself one of us. He asked us every day how our day went, how our weekend went. He really built a community there, and so that experience was the one that changed my mindset from being a fat person who's working out to I'm a fit person and I work out. And at some point in, and I think everyone's fitness journey, it's important to note that time when it changes from, I have to go exercise to I'm, I'm into fitness and I'm fit and I do fit people things. And when you see people in the gym coming over and over again, start that dialogue with them. Um, you can really help that mindset shift for them to where, they're no longer feeling like they're just trying this or they're trying really hard to stick to it, but this is what they do now. This is who they are and this is what they do now. This is where they belong and this is what they do. And the mindset shift is subtle, but you can influence that amongst the people in your gym and amongst your friends. Make workout dates, talk about your fitness. Um, it's an important part. A healthy lifestyle. There is no doctor, no nutritionist, there's no one who's going to tell you that exercise is not important. And people who don't like to work out often poo poo it saying you're obsessed or you work out too much or whatever. But it's important to move your body and to sweat. And if you can find a way to do it that lights you up, that you don't dread, and with people you like, and that offers some accountability, and that make you feel like you are where you belong, then you're doing all of those things right. And as soon as something like that doesn't serve you, find something new. I've switched it up so many times. Um, I did the personal trainer with Jimmy. I did CrossFit. Um, I tried CrossFit after I moved, and I just didn't connect with that box the way that I did at the, the one where Seth was. I mean, Seth is someone that, I don't know, I'll never... No one compares to him. I'm biased, but um, terrific trainer. And so luckily I didn't give up and I found F45 and that is where I go now. And that is the ultimate workout community in my opinion. It's um, trainers that are incredibly knowledgeable, classes that typically the same people go to at the same time every day. So you have that built-in workout buddy community. And so it It's got all of those components of accountability and camaraderie, friendship, and really great training. So, if you see people in your classes this January that you don't know, and you go to a boutique gym or a class based gym, welcome them into your tribe. Um, It could be life changing for them. It could be the place where they finally belong. I think for me, one reason why a community at a gym resonates so much is I was homeschooled and I used to sit on the couch in the living room at three o'clock and peek out of the curtains because my mom kept the curtains closed all day so that the neighbors wouldn't know that her kids were home and not at school, which, I mean, I don't think she was fooling anyone. And homeschooling was not illegal. It's We weren't doing anything wrong, but I think maybe she didn't want to have to answer the questions. But I would sit on the couch you know, on my knees peeking out between the drapes and the school bus would come and drop all the neighbor kids off. And I would watch them get off the bus and they'd be talking and I'd, I'd examine every detail there in pants. Like I didn't own any pants. And they you know, had a backpack. It's like backpacks were so cool. Because even when I went to school briefly, when we had a church school, I didn't have a backpack. My mom, she made me – okay, The backpack, I always wanted a backpack, but my kindergarten bag was rad. It was blue corduroy, and my mom sewed a giant K on it, and I loved that bag. So it's not like I was, you know, I was deprived, but I'd never had a backpack before. So these kids would walk down the street, and I would just gaze at them with longing because they had backpacks and then they were wearing pants and they had jelly shoes. (sighs) And I just wanted to be a part of something. I wanted to be one of those kids that yelled down the street, bye, see you tomorrow, and if they didn't see me tomorrow, if they saw me the next day, that they said, hey, where were you? That, that's all I ever wanted growing up. And I think a lot of the things that light me up now are the things that feed that little girl desire that was lacking as a kid. Um, when I walk into Maya 45 and people say hi and ask me where I've been or excited to see me, it's food for my soul. And I don't think I'm alone in that. I think people like to feel like they're a part of something and that they're valued in their community, in their group. And when they're not there, that they're missed. So make sure that you connect with the people that you work out with and that you see. Make them feel welcome. Bring them into your tribe. Ask them where they were when you missed them so they understand that they were missed. And also, that accountability is really huge if you don't really feel like it. So don't underestimate the power that you can have on the people around you, and especially this January in the gym. I know it's hard to wait for a treadmill and it's super annoying when your squat rack is taken by someone who doesn't know what they're doing. But guess what? You know what you're doing, and you could maybe help them nicely. Or like if they're if they look a little unfriendly, maybe don't. But um, <laughs> but truly, you have no idea what, what kind of a positive impact you can have on people in the gym by being welcoming. By if you see something, say something. Shannon hadn't complimented me. Maybe somebody else would have and it would have done the same thing. I don't know. But I'm so glad that she spoke up and said what she saw that day because it changed the course of my life forever. And uh, Make sure you thank your trainers. Make sure you circle back this time of year to just Give some love to people that have been influential on your journey in weight loss or fitness or in any other mentor relationship you've had, whether it's work or family. Um, I think people often make huge impacts on others and never find out. I know the biggest impacts, that impactful moment with Shannon, I didn't understand the impact of that till much later. And it was years later when I told her about that. And so you may make a big impact on someone and never know. They may never tell you. They may not even realize it. So do it anyway. If you see something, say something and shout them out. And if you are new to the gym this January or you've made some new goals to exercise and work out and you walk in to a new gym for a class or to use cardio equipment or to lift weights, I just want to say to you, you go. It is hard. It is so hard. I remember. (laughs) And it takes a lot of courage to say, okay, this isn't my jam. Or maybe I haven't been here in a long time. Or maybe you went to a gym and people knew you and then you stopped going. And it's hard to imagine going back and having to answer the question of where you've been. Just remember, you don't know anybody anything. You're not accountable to other people's opinions of you. And you don't have to say a word just go, just start. That's my whole message here is you got to just start because that first step is required to take the 700th step or the 20th step or any other step is impossible until you've taken that first step. You got to have your first workout in order to have your 10th. And it's hard. And I understand that. And so just remember, people may glance at you But this is the perfect time of year to go because there's a lot of newbies there. There's a lot of people that are in the same exact situation as you are, and they need a gym buddy. They need to look around and see other people who maybe are unsure and don't know exactly how to load a barbell or know how the chest press machine works or know how to plug their iPhone into the treadmill. It's a great time to go and find other people who are new at this or who haven't been in a while. And I encourage you, if there's some kind of a board at your gym, I remember the gym that I went to, they had a a gym buddy board and you could put your name and your email address on there and say, hey, I'm looking for a workout buddy this time of the day, these types of days. Find a workout buddy um, and determine that you're going to be accountable to somebody or you're simply going to say hi to the same person. Get to know the front desk people. Get to know the trainers if you're in a class. Somehow solidify a relationship there because it's just so motivating and grounding when you don't feel like going to simply have another reason other than the workout to get in the door. And um, I highly encourage you to try something new. There's a lot of Groupons out there. There are free a free week, a free workout, a free month. Try something you've never tried before. Get outside of your comfort zone Again, this is the time of year when lots of people are doing that. So you won't be the only new person in the gym or in a class. So take heart. And people in the gym are usually more concerned about what they look like and what they're doing than what you're doing, especially in a class. I know in my classes, I don't look at anyone else. I'm just trying not to trip on my own feet, trying not to make like a complete mess of myself, and uh, and I'm worried about what I'm doing, and that is the majority of people in a gym. None of us are as important as we think we are to other people's day. So uh, remember that it's intimidating. It's hard to start something new, but this is the time of year to do it. And everybody was a newbie at one point. So take heart, and I encourage you to just go for it. And There's lots of hacks out there on how to be accountable to going to the gym. I still do a lot of things to set myself up for success. This book that I'm reading, um, Atomic Habits, which I highly recommend, um, talks about if your goal is to go to the gym every day, the way that you can ensure that you go to the gym every day is the first step of going to the gym. So he uses the example of when he comes home, if he immediately puts on his running shoes, he's going to go for a run. And if he comes home and puts on his slippers or does not do that step, the chances of him going for the run are basically nil. And so running for him, the habit creation is simply putting the shoes on because everything else follows after that. So find ways to set yourself up. I know it's very popular to pack your gym bag and bring it with you in the morning so it's in your car. So on your way home, if you're a nighttime worker outer, you got everything with you. I did that just last night. I knew that I was not going to want to hit the treadmill at the gym on my way home after work. And so I put everything I needed in my car and I park where I live like underground and it's just across the street to my gym. But I knew that I was going to be tired. And if I parked my car in my warm parking ramp, there's no way in heck I was going to like go outside and cross the street to go to the gym. But if I had everything with me, I pulled up in front of the gym and did my workout, and then I drove across the street to my parking ramp. It sounds ridiculous, but I set myself up for absolutely no excuses and no way that comfort was going to trump doing what I needed to do. So if you can set yourself up for that kind of success and those new habits, it's really going to help you when you just don't feel like it. So Take heart. Remember no one's staring at you and that you're not alone in the gym this January. You're really not alone. There's like a billion people there (laughs) all the time this time of year, which is great. I wish it was like that all year round. So, Take heart, my friends. That's all I have for you today. Thanks so much for joining me on this podcast adventure. I love your feedback. Getting a comment or a topic suggestion from you totally lights me up. So please send those, Kristen at destinationbegin.com or you can DM me on Instagram, destinationbegin. And then my blog is growing at destinationbegin.com. I'm adding more information and links and you can subscribe there to my blog. That would be awesome. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, If you could click subscribe, that really helps the algorithm involved in podcasting, as well as Spotify, if you can click follow, those two things will really help me get this podcast into the hands of more people. And you can actually be very instrumental in that process. You can go ahead and share this to your social media or send it to a specific friend that you feel like would benefit from what I have to say. That is the most sincere compliment and the greatest payment that I could ever get for this little project that I'm doing. So have a great week. We'll talk to you real soon. And remember there is no destination except to start and then slay hard and repeat.